This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, in honor of the release of the new Star Wars trailer, I have a sequel of my own. (laughs) Now, Mm -hmm. I think you remember the story from uh, last season, which I talked about my boss asking me how my team was. You Mm -hmm. remember this one, right? Yes, I do. Yep, yep. And I went on a five-minute rant on my fantasy team, and he actually, Mm -hmm. he he was like, well, I'm actually interested in how your team in the office is doing, how your direct (laughs) reports are. Yep, yep. So, um, true story, last week, I'm in a meeting with the same boss, and (laughs) he asks me specifically, so, Brandon, how's your soccer team doing? And I say, oh, funny you should ask because, you know, on my podcast, he knows I have a podcast. Mm -hmm. On Mm -hmm. my podcast, that was one of the the best stories I ever told about how I mistakenly told you about my fantasy team instead of my staff. (laughs) And uh, it's a very popular story in the podcast. And he looks at me and he's like, huh, that's interesting that you're, you know, you're telling stories about me on your podcast. I was actually (laughs) talking about the six aside soccer team that you're now playing every Wednesday night uh, at Brooklyn Bridge Park. Wow. So yet again, I screwed up. And when my boss just wanted to make pleasant conversation, I, of course, like a true nerd, bring mm-hmm. fantasy sports into it. I like to think that your boss is like the guy from Peep Show, um, you know, who just like terrorizes Mark, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he, he's he's more friendly than that. He's more approachable than that. But yeah, I, we 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 there are some parallels for sure. So we are into game week 34. You know, we have one more fixture to go, but, um, you know, it's probably better for everyone's health if we if we don't record after that fixture. Um, better for me to sit here and think that my my Duffy captaincy will still work out. Uh, he will get, you know, I don't know, a hat trick tomorrow. And maybe uh, there's a late Matt Ryan red card and he has to go in and save a penalty um, at the end, you know, and get a what, what I call a true 24 pointer. This is like the uh, man in the high castle where we're recording in a future reality that probably <laughs> won't actually happen. <laughs> yeah. I, at this point, I would take I mean, if you were asking me what I would what I would like honestly take from him, 
Um, I guess I would take two points. I would take two points doubled. I would take four points from him and and go on my way with uh, with the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd match my Vardy captaincy at that point. So, uh, I mean, I, I was feeling just like you had cautioned everyone last week. The mm-hmm. Vardy captaincy, very appealing. Lester appeared to be in form, mm-hmm. as, as did Vardy. But mm-hmm. you don't want to put the armband on a guy who plays Friday night because that's mm-hmm. going to ruin your entire weekend. Guess what? <laughs> My entire it weekend did. in which I was traveling, <laughs> celebrating a family birthday. Mm-hmm. Awful, awful weekend. <laughs> that, that I mean, you had to feel good when Sun didn't start in the Huddersfield match. That match was, I, so I watched the that entire match. I, the whole time I was thinking to myself, so we'll talk more about our, our, our teams in a second here, but I, I ultimately went with just uh, two Spurs. I went with, uh, with Hugo Lloris, which worked out, and I went with Sun. Uh, but I didn't captain son. And um, watching that match, I mean, Erickson could have had, what, like two goals and two assists conservatively yep. in that match? Yep, deflected uh, uh, yeah. shot right off the post there. It, they scored four goals. I feel like they could have scored about 12 in that match. Um, and honestly, if Sun had played, he would have he might have broken the record for most points in a game week. Like he could have uh, – like a double hat trick would have been on the table for Sun in that match. Like there, there was – it was like it was the kind of match where while it was happening, I had to go double check exactly who like exactly who Huddersfield play the rest of the season to make sure I have some kind of coverage against Huddersfield for every single one of those matches because it is about as bad as I've ever seen in the Premier yeah. League in terms of just like they're done, they're relegated, and that I feel like that team. And no offense to Huddersfield Sports, but that team would struggle to stay up in the Championship. I think right, it looks like mm-hmm. a League One team. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, it's it's all those uh, hypotheticals of where would the MLS Cup winner team finish in the Premier League? Uh, it I think context has a lot to do with these things, and sure, you know there are, there are lots of emotional and psychological things happening in that Huddersfield locker room that we might not be privy to that are impacting these results. Wow, that was like, would a lawyer tell you to say that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're. Uh, uh, I speaking on behalf of uh, Huddersfield Football Club. We are not throwing any of these <laughs> matches at all for the number one draft pick going into the championship next year. So let's let's talk quickly about about our team so far. I mean, th- we're, so this game week, this, this podcast is really going to be about game week thirty five. It's final double game week of the season. There's a, there's a lot to plan for. A lot of things are very messed up right now for a lot of people. A lot of people are thinking, wait, I can't go into this game week with two Brighton defenders. They're also thinking, I <laughs> I genuinely can't go to this game week with Troy Dini in my squad because he's probably not going to play. For I, I don't think that that red card is going to get rescinded. In which case, not likely. Yeah. In which case, he's going to miss both of the of the 35 fixtures. Right? It's a violent a violent conduct offense. It's, it's three a, matches. It's probably three match three match ban. Yep. Right, so he won't play again until game week thirty-seven, um, and yeah, it's it's just a, it's just a total mess. Um, and then you have issues, you know, Guerrero possible injury doubt, Delafeu possible injury doubt. Right, did he make the eighteen today? Even after, even though he apparently had trained all week, so I don't know what to what to draw he's from a, that. He's a personality fit, is what his flag says uh, on the <laughs> FPL site. I guess so. And yeah, so it was just and now where people are like, well, I, I need some some Liverpool players after Mane and and 
Sawa seem like they're back in form. So there's, there's a lot to talk about. Um, but just just quickly, let's talk about our how Game Week 34 is going for us so far. We both have a couple players left to play. So I'm on 46 points. Um, I have Campton Duffy to go, and and I also have Dunk, who's like the forgotten man. Like no one even talks about. It's like we all like what many of us have Dunk, and you're like, oh yeah, and I've also got Dunk. You know, it's like yeah. no one expects anything from Dunk. Well, uh, there was a, yeah. there was a very frantic moment where people thought Dunk was going down for an OG. There, uh, I yeah, I had left the house after the. <laughs> I think it was after the third goal was conceded. I was like, yeah, okay, I this can't is, quite this remember which goal it was. It was the one that David Brooks scored that they thought was going to be a dunk OG. Turned mm-hmm. out to not be, but yeah, that that was a very scary time for <laughs> dunk owners. <laughs> So 46 with a zero for my captain feels like a pretty decent return. I got, actually, I got, no, you know, I'm, I'm actually in 48 because I have zero from Del Feo. So uh, Ward Pross is coming in for two points. So I've got 48 with two players left. Uh, but I really feel pretty good about it. I mean, my game week rank is, is really mediocre, but I think that doesn't necessarily reflect the game week average within the top 10K or so. Um, and I think that my 46 is actually pretty decent within that. Mm-hmm. I know that I've, I've only dropped a total of 18 points. I think I was eight. 35 going into this going into this week and now i'm 853 so basically like almost completely flat um in terms of you know total total rank uh but you know i think that the key for me was having um double man city midfield coverage and it was this decision i made with about 20 minutes to go before the deadline i just i didn't feel good about my team i didn't feel i felt like something was not quite right and um and the trick for me was dropping ederson and realizing that if I dropped Ederson, I could have all of the Man City players that I wanted, which mm-hmm. was De Bruyne, Sterling, and Aguero. And so w- once I did that, and then obviously I lucked out, and all three of them started um, on Sunday. Um, you know, it was, and then you know De Bruyne, that, that beautiful final assist from De Bruyne too it was just kind mm-hmm. of perfect. And so I got twenty-seven from those two. It doubled my score going into that game week, or going to that match. Um, so yeah, that was it. And I got four from Sun. Uh, the six from Lloris was big. I thought everyone would have uh, a Spurs, uh, you know, defender, and I was surprised that um, that felt like a, like a little bit of a differential there too. Um, Can I jump in here and ask sure. you about your goalkeeper situation? So you said everything sure. changed for your team when you dropped Ederson. Does are you saying that you had both Lloris and Ederson in your wild now, card? No, I had. I had. It's Foster. not a huge price disparity between <clears throat> Lloris and Ederson. I had Foster and Ederson, um, and I just I, I just decided to move Ederson to Larice. And the reasoning was I just felt like everyone was going to have a Spurs defender this weekend, and there was it was inconceivable to me that Huddersfield could score in that match. <laughs> and I just thought yeah. I need to have somebody for that game. And so once I did that, it was actually that was the move that first happened. And then once I did that, I thought, oh wait, I can just have an extra Man City midfielder now. You know, it was like yeah. it was sort of just like cracked the whole thing open for me. And for me, it was really looking at gaming 34 and 35 in a two week window or, or, you know, it's almost like the same fixture. Right. Or, you know, it's like those th- right. the three, these three matches total. And I just thought I'd rather have Katie B and Sterling for their next three matches, no matter who they play. And even with some rotation yeah. risk over over, you know, Erickson um, for the, the same run. I mean, we'll see how it turns out in the end. But um so that was that was the that was the rationale, and I felt like once I did that, I was like, okay, this this really makes sense. And so the way that I've done this is I left myself enough money to, in theory, move from Vardy to Lacazette. Uh, although now I'm sort of doubting that, and now I think I might just keep Vardy for the uh, West Ham match. Um, yeah, and then it's been a season long issue with Arsenal, right. and this happened with uh, Lacazette around the holidays, where I remember bringing Lacazette in because I felt like I was going to nail whatever rotation Emery was doing, or. Lacazette was at least starting and playing 60. 
and then right. he couldn't even get on the pitch. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you got screwed by him twice now this season. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's how I ended up on 48 with two to go. Um, feel pretty good about that, to be, to be totally honest. And I am on 39 points on my wild card, and I'm feeling very ho-hum about it. But what I keep telling myself about this wild card is I've, I'm setting myself up more long-term. And mm-hmm. the gambit I've taken with this wild card is to keep Mo Salah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now it's it's looking like, oh, I should have gone for Raheem Sterling with the double game week coming up. He really is coming off in game week 34. But just as you're saying about Huddersfield, I'm just looking at these upcoming fixtures for Liverpool, Cardiff in game week 34, and then Huddersfield, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Cardiff in 35, and then Huddersfield in 36. I, I'm overall, I'm kind of happy with my overall rank. I dropped around 4,500 spots and 18,500 OR right now. But what I'm feeling right now is if I'm going to achieve any, anything more with my, with my team this season is I want to be a little more aggressive Mm -hmm. and going Liverpool attack felt, um, a like a differential to me. So in lieu of Sterling or another big premium double game week asset. I kept Mo Salah and I'm strongly considering turning Jamie Vardy, who I kept in my wild card into Roberto Firmino, uh, mm. probably ahead of the Huddersfield match. Yep. I so, like that move. I would consider yeah. that as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, yep, Lacazette yep. burned me. Uh, and that was a move where I was kind of, I, I felt like he was assured to start this week and given he, he, didn't even play 70 minutes in the Europa League fixture. And Aubameyang mm-hmm. was reportedly limping down the tunnel after that match. And Lacazette has still been favored. That hasn't worked out. And yet, as I mentioned earlier, Captain Sian Vardy. So uh, the question for me, which which we'll probably touch upon later, is is how long to stick with Jamie Vardy in this squad. Yeah, it's yeah. We will talk about it later. So let's let's table that for the time being. Let's let's do a little housekeeping here, Brandon. Uh, actually, no. Before we do that, we have a question from Red Dagger. He says, "If you were absolute crap at FPL and never looked at any tips, website, or listened to any podcast," uh, and he says, "Okay, listen, always cheating because it's awesome, but you forget about it immediately afterwards." He says, "Would you in fact be better than all of us?" Uh, is what is what Red Dagger is what he's trying to get at here is issues of groupthink and uh, sort of sheep mentality. There was it's been lots lots of chatter about this going on. Like, how did a lot of people end up really doubling down or even captaining a Brighton defender? Is it mostly yeah. just because of of groupthink? I, I first of all, I. Like I don't even understand this this argument because if anything, the group think argument was Captain Ian Sun, um, you know, when he was so likely to be rested for that match. I mean, that was like what, like sixty percent of the top ten K went that way. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a huge risk, and I never would have Captain Sun for that match. Um, you know, it's just like I to me, it just it points to a kind of conservatism that a lot of people have, where like it's like the idea of even captaining a defender is like kind of terrifying because it opens up this sort of window into like all these different ways you could play the game, you know, mm-hmm. this sort of like, ah, like I don't even want to have to think about that. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, I thought I knew how to play this, you know, it's like, it reminds yeah. me of like an, an online poker when like people started playing like insanely aggressive and, you know, going all in with five, seven offsetter and people are like, ah, I don't, like, I don't know how to play this style, you know? Or and the fact that like, there are yeah. hard and fast rules that you 
can never break. I mean, what uh, what game? What would a game be if you couldn't sort of bend and twist the rules to your own enjoyment? Yeah, it was just it was just weird, and I felt like it was like there was like an actual anger out there, like about people who did this and about how like people deviated from like the right way to play or something. And I was just like, why do you care? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, I, I what I didn't see a lot of were people who captained him, got zero, and got mad at like us. I mean, for, certainly you and I did not advocate for captaining Duffy on last week's podcast. We, you know, discussed it as a possible option, but I wasn't like, you should captain Duffy. I would never have said that, you know? Yes. And in fact, you didn't do that, you know? And I, I did not. We, we, we debated lots of different captain options on there. So, I mean, it's just this, I, to me, it was just this idea that like, you know, that people, I, I just think it like made people uncomfortable, this idea of, of sort of yeah. going outside the, the you yeah. know, and then and the fact that it didn't work out sort of justified their discomfort. Uh, yeah. And then there was like a, like an anger, like, see, like, this is the right way to play and you were wrong yeah. or something. And I just thought it was, I thought the whole thing was really yeah. off-putting and, and kind of rude. Like I just, like <laughs> I would never call people sheep or talk about a herd mentality or anything like that on, yeah. on our, on the podcast or on social media or anything. Cause I just, I think it's insulting and and not nice. And uh, so anyway, yeah. that was kind of how I felt about it. Well, here, here, I'll I'll say this. This will be my piece on it. Is um, we're here on this podcast, and people, there is a community around FPL, and people play FPL and talk about it with their friends because it's fun to talk about this. I don't think we show up on Always Cheating every week to tell people what to do. Um, I hope it's representative of how fun it is to enjoy and discuss the game and and all its bits and pieces yeah and to answer the Rodrigo's question I, mean, I just think people remember the the failures and they forget all the other time i mean clearly if you listen to a lot of podcasts and and read a lot of advice online and talk to people about the game you're probably doing quite well and, and much better than most of the people who are not taking it as seriously um of course there are always exceptions and that's part of why people play right it's like it's the it's the randomness that makes it part of the part of you know, it's like that Phil Helmuth, you know, if there was no luck, I'd win every time. But it's like, that's not, you need, the luck is what makes it fun, you know, and what makes it, what what, what does, like, I mean, yeah, you, there's a version of this game that just like has no luck at all and just drives away everybody except like this hardcore group of, you know, 800 people or something. And I don't know why that would be fun. Like, I, you know, I don't know. So um, I'm like a big tent kind of person and uh, I like have totally lost my train of thought here, Brandon. So get me out of here. We need to separate and form <laughs> mm-hmm. a super league, uh, mm-hmm. say an always, an always cheating, cheating super, super league, and mm-hmm. then yes. only the tough will survive. <laughs> All Speaking right, well, of surviving, yeah. Josh. Yes, yes. Yeah, people need to uh, vote for us. We are finalists in the Football Blogging Awards, which is so cool. Thanks to everyone who was able to get us nominated in the category of Best Fantasy Football Content Creator. And the awards are happening in early May. It's really awesome for Always Cheating to be nominated. If you want to vote for us as Best Fantasy Football Content Creator, heck, just visit the FBA website, which is Mm -hmm. footballbloggingawards.co.uk, or just go to our Twitter profile. We have a pinned tweet there with all the information and what you need to know to vote for us and we'll just note this our friends the london is blue pod they're a great chelsea pod you can also cast a vote for them in the best international content creator category 
Wonderful. All right. So please, please do that. We this is I think the voting closes at uh, the end of this week. So this is the last time we will mention it on the podcast. But if you listen to the podcast and you like to support uh, the work that we do, then it would be really very much appreciated if you go to the football blogging awards um, and and vote for us or, or you know or, or tweet it up. Even um, to make things easier, Josh, I'll put a mm-hmm. link in the show notes of this podcast. So if you're listening on your phone, just pull up the notes for this episode. There should be a link right there. Perfect. All right, Brandon, the Always X Gene competition. We have a winner. The winner is, you have a drum roll, Brandon? Can I hear can I get a little drum roll here? Kuhn Karam is the winner. Outstanding. Yes, Kuhn Karam. <laughs> uh, he had an outstanding entry into our call for can you illustrate what XG is because most of us just pretend that we know what it is. And uh, through uh, incorporating the video of uh, Maxine Chupo Moting for PSG, <laughs> basically yep. clearing the ball off of his uh, opposing team's goal line. Mm-hmm. Um, a tremendously entertaining illustration of what XG is and can be. So, <laughs> Kuhn, we will uh, get a T-shirt for always cheating in the mail to you right away. We'll be in touch for those details. Yep, and we had a yeah. Just a thank you to everyone: uh, Michael Danielson, uh, FPL Elements. Uh, Juan Aguitos on our Slack, FPL Ant, Eric Freeman, Adam P, uh, Sam Danby, and uh, I'm sure we're missing a couple other ones too. But thank you to everyone who submitted uh, for the contest. Uh, Always Gene Super League still uh, being updated. We'll update the final Super League standings um, after tomorrow's match. Uh, Brian, we have a couple rants though this week. Yeah, first rant coming here from Paul Larkin. I wildcarded out Wilson, Fraser, Brooks, Pogba, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Ended up with 36 points. I would have had... Guess this, Josh, 92 <laughs> if I didn't touch my team. It's amazing. Man, just, just one of those weeks. It's it's really mind-numbing. But Strange game week. You have to – my theory has always been for seasons upon seasons that a wild card team never achieves its potential in its first week. So mm-hmm. keep your eyes on the prize. There's always right. next week. And Might we be an argument for not wild carding in game week 34 as all of us decided to do. Yes. <laughs> like maybe perhaps, don't perhaps wait until so, yeah. there's five <laughs> weeks left. Yep. Yep. Next rant comes from FPL Awesomeo. Held Pogba through his last six games in which he got one return. 12 points, a missed penalty. I remember that one. That was a bad (laughs) one for me, Awesomeo. And generally played below average. Sold on my wild card. Max bonus points, 15 points. And damage in my mini leagues. But FPL Awesomeo ends by saying, I love this game. So it's Mm -hmm. not all bad. Yeah, the last one, Brandon, I'll, I'll read this one because this one really touched me. It was a uh, Austin Beats. Uh, it was a screenshot of him with uh, with Captain Troy Deeney on a minus four. Uh, and he says, why does this keep happening this year? Not a red, a Captain Red every week. Yes, I know. But these cruel twists of fate, which you just could never predict nor script. Picked myself up off the canvas so many times this season, but I think I'm done. Start the count. Hashtag endgame. We're of course sponsored by Avengers Endgame, so we will pepper this this uh, podcast with it's gonna happen, many yeah. references to it. Uh, no, that that's brutal though. I mean, the the Dini, it's a bold captaincy. It was a weird week for captaincy. I think I you know I think that was one of the reasons why I think Duffy was uh, a valid captain. Is I think there was a lot of concern about which Man City players would start this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, KDB is the only one that I really wish I would have. He was my vice captain this week, and I wish I would have just pulled the trigger and made him my captain. Well, now, obviously, I do now that he picked up eleven points, but. Um, there really, it really was up in the air. You could have gone Vardy, you could have gone Son, you could have gone Erickson, which I think might have been 
maybe one of the maybe the smartest and most conservative pick. Um, I think that the like was it the top four managers overall all went Erickson, which I think is a nice smart conservative play. Um, so yeah, it was it was just a tricky one. Uh, all right, let's move on to our last piece of housekeeping: Patreon. Uh, we have some new Patreon members. We have a ton. I think 20 I counted all told. So quick <laughs> yep. thank yous to our new Patreon subscribers at the Volkswagen level. It's Anton Titoff at the Lord Sorloff level, Thorvalder Trostossen. With a name like that, how could you not go for the Sorloff tier, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And at the Embikani level, uh, we've got a slew of names here. I want to thank each one of them individually. Nicodemus Wong. What would Gabrielle Jesus do? Adam Pritchard coming in with a renewal of his support. Thanks, Adam. Sachin Sony, Bruno Dutar, Ross Shepard, Toby Ecclestone, James Stevens, Dave Evans, Justin Haynes, Karen Kostla, FPL Kev, Josh Zarahoff, Paul Carroll, Chris Maya, Manny Still, Sean Lynch, and Colin Fallon. Josh, give That's them right. the pitch one last time on, on how they <laughs> yeah. can support so if you If you'd like to – so the most important thing is become a Patreon supporter if you want to support the work that we do. I think that we have lots of features like bonus podcasts, like the Slack, like like – contests and giveaways and things like that we do that make it worthwhile but first and foremost support if you want to support the podcast this is why you should go to patreon.com slash always cheating all right brandon let's take a break let's get right into game week 35 planning questions and dilemmas all right brandon we're back Game Week 35, I have some key questions for Game Week 35, okay? I have a couple that they weren't even questions from listeners. They were just two questions that I felt like we needed to talk about on this podcast. Okay. First one, trade Dini replacements. <laughs> now, neither yeah. of us have Dini. No. Uh, I don't know if you really considered him. I, I, I did not consider him uh, just because I don't um, yeah. like him. I don't know. I just, like, didn't want him for whatever it's reason. Troy yeah. Dini, he's kind of just a fun player generally to mm-hmm. watch and root for. He's a character, I guess you sure. could say. Yep. And there was the, the fanciful part of me kind of toyed with the idea of bringing Troy Dini in. But if I step back and actually look at my team no i never really seriously did uh, yeah probably only because you know there there are just so many other options the trick is as we're about to discuss is the price point there are lots of other striker options but ones that just fit nicely into a troy dini shaped hole yeah that's a trickier proposition i think that is the trickier proposition so i mean i guess there's you know, I, I, I guess I just want to think about like for like comparisons. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're talking about burning four, burning eight, then you can. There are a lot of other players you can consider, but Tradini is at five point nine million. So if I if I had Tradini and I was looking to replace him, and I had any money in my bank, the move that I would make would be for Tradini to Callum Wilson, mm-hmm. um, who does not have a double game week, but he plays at home to Fulham. Uh, he's back in form. I would take one Bournemouth at home to Fulham fixture over two fixtures for any of the alternatives. And he only costs 0.7 million more. So uh, that would be my pick. What about you? I don't know. Now that Tim Ream is is back to being player of the season caliber at Fulham, keeping their first clean sheet and yeah. God knows how long. I don't <laughs> know about that. I, he is the Wilson is the one that stands out to me for, for the reasons you cite. But I, I, I guess I'm going to make the case for team surgery and mm-hmm. i think this is an opportunity to burn four ahead of the double game week which if there was any time where you could sort of without batting an eyelash look to burn four in your team it's ahead of a massive double game week where the point ceiling is going to be that much higher for your full squad 
and you have a little bit of wiggle room to maneuver. So I'm looking at players like Firmino or Lacazette or Jamie Vardy, or if you don't already have him, which odds are you probably do, Raul Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think f- for me, just thinking about this price, it, it feels bad to hem yourself in and limit yourself to just a like for like swap. I think you have to think about getting out the best team you possibly can. And if mm-hmm. minus four can get you there, let's do it. Does that make I do sense? think that it, it does. Um, although I, I think if you, it, yeah, I mean, it, it does. Um, I still would, would probably go the route that I suggested, but I think mm-hmm. if you wanted to, um, if you wanted a double gaming player, I think you could also consider Lorente. Um, the caveat here is that we're recording on Monday night. What I would love would be for him not to play in the second leg of the Man City match, or at least not start that match, um, and just see them play Son as a as a lone forward. Um, in which case, I think I like Lorente as as a pick, especially if Kane's at the rest of the season. I mean, you know, you're not just looking at game with 35; you're looking all the way ahead. So. You know, yeah, the Man City away fixture in 35 isn't great, but then it's Brighton, West Ham, and Everton at home in three of the next four. Um, and a 5.1 million forward for Spurs who plays at home in those matches would be uh, pretty compelling, especially if he can finish a little better than he has the last. I mean, that his finishing was absolutely woeful in the Huddersfield match. Yeah. You know, I, I'll just flag a few other players if, if we just want to do a straight swap. I mean, both Newcastle and Bournemouth, as you mentioned, have decent fixtures coming up. Newcastle plays Southampton in 35, then Brighton away in 36, or Rondon and Perez on Newcastle, both looking decent. Perez is kind of seems to be the in-form striker over Rondon, weirdly, just in this this small window we're we're looking at now. Perez is tempting too. Uh yeah, it's just it's it's just it's a tough spot, but I think that yeah, I think those are all. I mean, Shane Long is so cheap. So I guess you could just go that way too where you just have Long and then you just use that money to like upgrade somebody. I don't know, like maybe you, tr- maybe you use that money to bring in uh a De Bruyne or a Sterling or something like that. Maybe if you still have Gilfie in your team. I'm not going to say anything about Shane Long for fear of uh Eric Freeman's Redmond-esque retribution. <laughs> That's fair. Two goals in his last two matches, though. So, you know, not too bad. He didn't start that match, though, the Wolves match. I don't know if that, I don't know if the two goals and two means he earns a start or not. Like, I mean, basically all the attackers have been like stayaways for Southampton. I still cannot believe that Redmond got two goals after we bashed him on last week's podcast. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you the power of always cheating and, and how far our voices do travel and and how much <laughs> the players consider. I mean, Duffy probably captained himself in his FPL team after listening to uh, always cheating. Oh, did you so. not see that? He actually did. Yeah, I know. I, I, I oh, did. Oh, I'm, just, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm positing that it was because of us. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I'm sure, I'm sh- I'm certain it was. I, I read an interview where he, he mentioned us, or I think it was us. I, I was in the other room, but it sounded like we were uh, credited there. So all right, um, we, we've successfully given a lukewarm answer to this Troy Dini question. What's yeah, the next all right. question? Se- second question that I am asking us that no one asked us is uh, there, was, there wasn't this one was inspired by by Joe from Fantasy Football Scout. Uh, would you consider a triple captain instead of a bench boost uh, going into game thirty four? Especially if you had Dini, um, would you consider a triple? Just how about just straight up? Like, I mean, for me, now I have these two Brighton players, so I don't really want any more. Um, I sort of like my team as a full eleven as opposed to a full fifteen. So, is that is that anything you'd consider? And then and then using a, a bench boost later on in the season? Yeah, I had the same thought. I mean, I think I had the same thought um, just after finalizing my wild card team. 
is this looks like a stronger 11 than it does a stronger 15, just like you said, Josh. So mm-hmm. the the issue that we'll get onto uh, later on in the pod is if you're looking at a triple captaincy in game week 35, who would it be? Mm-hmm. The It's not an open and shut case on who the best captain is for this game week, which makes that decision even more harrowing. So that that would be really my only... Um, the only thing that would stop me from playing the triple captain is is just the uncertainty of who it is that's going to be. A, I feel like when yeah. we've leaned on the triple captaincy either earlier in the season where I don't want to drudge up the whole uh, Leroy Sané situation that impacted a lot of managers out there. But sometimes you just zero in on this one player and you say, yes, this is the guy. This is the week. Let's go. And I think that's probably the better way to think about the triple captaincy. But yeah, the, well, that, that just, said, yeah. I don't see what I'm going to gain. He, I'm not going to gain huge strides by bench boosting in 35. Yeah, just seeing yeah, Duffy and Dunk. I mean, away for the next two matches. Like, what do you what do you expect to get from those two? Uh, so, I mean, I guess you know, I, I was I was going to talk about it later, but let's just move it up right now. Uh, Matt Seward had a question. You know, quite straight up, he just said, "Who are the best captain options for this upcoming game week?" And it's remarkable that there's not an easy answer to this question. Right. There is not yeah. a straightforward, obvious answer to this question. Now, some of this will be clarified after the Champions League matches take place. Right. Yeah. Like if I, the problem is I would love to captain a Man City player, but I mean, surely they have to play their strongest squad at home for the second leg. Right. Down a, down a goal to Spurs. <laughs> Yes. Then they play Spurs again, followed by the Manchester Derby. It's just a it's a real slew of of blockbuster fixtures for City. And yeah, uh, like if Sterling just somehow didn't play this (laughs) in the Champions League, I I don't know how that would happen. Let's just say he was just exhausted or something from from slicing up uh, Crystal Palace over the weekend. Um, if that happened, then yes, I think he would be the obvious captain pick. Much much like De Bruyne should have been the obvious captain pick after he mm-hmm. was rested for the the first leg. If some if something like that happened, then sure. But let's assume that Aguero, that Aguero, Sterling, and KDB all play seventy plus minutes at midweek. Mm-hmm. Um, does that eliminate them as as a captain option for you? I I mean, eliminate is it, it, it makes them sure. lower on the list. Right. And just yeah. looking at Spurs United just on their own, how how tightly contested are those going games going to be? How many goals do you expect Man City to score in those fixtures? A million. Uh, yeah, they, they, they very well could bury <laughs> yeah. both of them easily. I mean, yeah. City are obviously you don't have to say they're one of the best attacking teams in the league. Uh, I'm I'm reminded of these rules, speaking of rules that we were earlier in the show, uh, FPL General talking about game week 34, where he's looking at at Shane Duffy and he's saying, I have a rule. If there's a double game week player, you have to captain him, but never captain a defender. So you're going to break one of those rules in game week 34. So um, for me, I think Liverpool look like a really exciting option going against Cardiff. Cardiff have a lot to play for, but they're mm-hmm. going to have to score goals. And Liverpool could turn around and bury them. But do you do why you Jamie we, Vardy yourself again? <laughs> yeah, don't Jamie Vardy <laughs> yourself again. And why do we go all in on all these double game week players just to captain a single game week player? Now, maybe yeah. I'm talking myself out of what is should be a logical cut and dry situation. And then 
looking at my own personal team, another team that stands out is Arsenal. And I've got Lacazette, who looks like a really good option up front. Crystal Palace are without both of their starting central defenders and James Tompkins and Mamadou Sako. Mm-hmm. So home Crystal Palace followed by Wolves away. Wolves defense is no big shakes. So I like that. But now this whole issue of Emery not knowing quite where he stands with rotation ahead of their Europa League fixture um, late in the week. If Lacazette plays a full 90 on Thursday, how does he look for the weekend? I agree. I just don't think he can. I mean, yeah, of course, either one of them, Aubameyang or Lacazette, could could end up being the highest scoring player in 35. Of course they could. But... Could you do it? I mean, I, 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 I'm reluctant to even bring in Lacazette, which was my planned move for this game week, um, just out of a fear that I don't know what I'm going to get out of them, you know? Yeah. And I think that Wolves match is a little tricky, too. And I, I think Crystal Palace will put up a bigger, better fight than they did. Um, now, I actually thought they played okay in that in that Man City match. They, they didn't get embarrassed or anything. I mean, they were I like totally under, what, agree. Like, yeah. yeah, they're on their, what, third and fourth string center backs and – you know, and any, I mean, no one looks great against Man City, but, you know, when they scored that, when Millie scored that goal, I was like, man, they could actually draw this match. Like, it's, yeah, it yeah. would not have been, a, you know, impossible. Wanda um, Saka had an amazing yeah. game, I thought. I mean, he's had an amazing season. Yeah. He looked great oh, that game. So, he kept that game competitive for sure. I mean, yeah, even, even Sterling's second goal was a bit, a bit lucky. I mean, um, I mean, he's so skilled that I, I guess I shouldn't call it lucky, but he was, you know, it was mm-hmm. per, right place, right time kind of, yeah. kind of goal. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think right right now I've got it on Aguero, and I've got Jimenez as my as my vice captain. Yeah. Um, I think that that's kind of what I like. I mean, if Aguero played the full ninety at midweek, I, I might not do that. Um, you know, but I mean, Jimenez I think is a perfectly acceptable captain choice. I you know I I, I was I'm happy to captain somebody who's not a top six team. I mean, they're in seventh fixtures. place anyway. Two home fixtures. He's been great. I mean, I was just looking back to see how many times they've had back-to-back home fixers this season just out of curiosity. I mean, I think they've only, it's only happened a couple of times. Um, you know, I think maybe, yeah, they played Leicester and West Ham back-to-back, and he scored 17 points in those two matches. That was in game weeks 23 and 24. But, I mean, in general, you know, 11 points at home to Man United, 11, 12 points at home to Cardiff, 12 points at home to West Ham, um, 8 points at home to Chelsea, 12 points at home to Spurs. Um, I mean, he can score at home on anybody. You know, yeah. and I mean, the guy has 12 goals and 10 assists on the season. It's an amazing season. Like it's it's going to turn into like an Eden Hazard level season in terms of, you know, his like his total. I mean, he may end up on like, what, like 16 goals and 12 assists or something. I mean, that is insanely prolific. It's just incredible. A great season for him. The only other team I think we could possibly build a case for would be Spurs. If you can nail the rotation down, mm-hmm. Man City away. Uh, the first leg of game weight 35, if you will, is obviously going to be tough, but Brighton getting completely decimated by Bournemouth by five goals. And you're looking at a home fixture at the new white heart lane. Yeah. If you can get that rotation, right, you can get your captain on Spurs to start in that Brighton fixture. I think that that can more than cover the points that you might feel like you're giving up with that tougher man city away fixture. Yeah, uh, I just I just wish that Man City fixture wasn't so tough. I mean, yeah. you know, I think I'd almost prefer Liverpool on one leg away to Palace over a over captain and a Man City, or a, a Spurs player. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, away to Cardiff. Um, so yeah, it's it's really tricky. I mean, I, you know, I think Aguero just seems like a 
I, I expect him to play 120 minutes, you know, across those matches. I, mean, I, I guess there's like a little bit of doubt about his health because he did. He looked like he limped off. Then it was confirmed that he was fine. But then managers would also lie. Although Pep is actually usually pretty honest about that stuff. The so, uh, commentators suggested that he was just going back for a massage after he came off in the Palace fixture. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's he will start the Man United match away for sure, right? What are the odds that he gets zero minutes at home to Spurs next Saturday? It seems low to me, right? I mean, I expect him to play at least 30 minutes, right? 35 maybe? I mean, you know, <laughs> would, you know just depends on, you know, what the, how the match shakes out. But, like, let's say he gets 120 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, he can end up being the best option for 120 minutes. I mean, I, I just don't – to me, and I, I mentioned this in last week's podcast, and this is the reason I tripled, tripled up on their attack, I just think that they're fixture-proof and – I don't even look at the fixtures with with uh, Man City. The only thing I, I consider is rotation, and 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 the concern about whether or not they're going to start. You know, mm-hmm. I do not. There is no match they have that scares me in terms of you know how many points I think they can pick up. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think I could also see Aguero not playing a single minute against the Spurs in the league, but you know. Who knows? Who the heck knows? <laughs> Who knows? Exactly. We're just, we're just guessing. All right. Next question. Uh, so, so have we settled on anything there? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Aguero <laughs> for now. I may, I may shift it to uh, Jimenez at some point. Yeah, I've got the armband on Lacazette myself, but it's really going to hinge on what happens in the uh, the Napoli fixture on Thursday. If Laka All plays right. 90 minutes, then it's troubling times for the BK Broilers. All right, so we got an important uh, kitchen table podcast coming up later this game week. That's true. Uh, what to do with Liverpool? Uh, we got a couple of different questions about Liverpool here. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead to Karen Costler. It says, Mane versus Salah, who do you want? <laughs> I mean, I stuck it out with Mo Salah, and I think that – I think I saw you say this on Twitter over the weekend, Josh, where it it's just going to be a coin toss or maybe a 50-50 split through the rest of the season, similar mm-hmm. to what we've seen all season with Salah and Mane. Somehow Salah comes out with this big leading edge in FPL points, but it seems week to week, it's it's um, you know it feels 50-50 between the two. I think if yep. for budgetary reasons you can afford Mane and not Salah, then I'd go Mane in a heartbeat. No problem. I personally feel, I don't know, may, I don't want to get it confused with some sort of narrative situation, but Salah just seems like there's just something there, right? There's a little mm-hmm. more, there feels like there's something a little more at stake, maybe because he's gone through this weird uh, rut the last couple of months and each time yeah. he does something good, he kind of explodes in emotion. Uh, so you feel like maybe there is a possible explosive breakthrough that that's there, but you know, that that's probably me just talking myself into something. I think if Liverpool yeah. is in full flight, either Mane or Salah will come away with the points and it's a coin toss. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I actually agree with you um, like in the way that you're talking about Salah. Um, but I think just from a from a like FPL perspective, that that three million is just so major that um, and I, and I feel like just looking at my wildcard team right now, I don't have either one, and Bonnie I can get in quite easily, right? It's like a it's a very simple move. I could I could do it right now, um, and Salah would require me to get rid of a lot of players that I want to keep, you know, and. Um, and so if I feel like it's a coin flip, then I'm just going to go with the one who 
is the easiest player to bring in, you know? Um, and even, even if I kind of rate sell higher, just for all the reasons you just mentioned. Um, so, you know, I, I just, it just comes down to money like everything in life. <laughs> <laughs> you get what you pay for sometimes. Yeah. Sam Danby says, I have a VVD, Salah, and Firmino. Do I get more points out of keeping them for the final push or transferring one out for the double game week? Uh, he says, if yes, which and for who? I think you and I are going to agree on this one. I think, well, I think you roll with all three, personally. I agree. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. Why, I was wondering which way you're going to go for that one. Um, no, yeah, you, I, you're not dropping Liverpool players right now. Not before no. Cardiff and Huddersfield. I mean, yeah. who? Yeah, sure. They they could get rotated. That's true of everybody in the double game weeks too. Um, you know, there's there's no fixture proof player out there. I mean, every good asset is is a rotation doubt. So you just keep your awesome players for their awesome fixtures. I mean, one one Cardiff and one Huddersfield is worth like a triple game week practically like it's so you know they're, they're so valuable i love that phrase awesome players awesome fixtures <laughs> uh all right next question from eric freeman he says how many points does Sal have to average the rest of the season for us to for to be worth bringing him back into our teams i think it's just too late for me uh, i i just don't know how i'd even bring him back it would be uh, aguero would have to get injured and then have to bring in Troy Deedy off his red card or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the problem is you actually don't really want a Watford player for game week 38, right? They're almost certainly not going to – they'll play a, like a second squad side, right? Oh, they're totally. Gonna, yeah, know, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna play the babies, as Roger Bennett is so fond of, of saying. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I think it's – for Liverpool – it's down to the next two fixtures. Obviously, they they're going to be fighting to the end for the league title. But Cardiff and Huddersfield, I think the only reason to bring in, if you don't already have a mega expensive player like Mo Salah, is to have a huge differential gain, and the huge ceiling for them will be in these really weak fixtures, Cardiff and Huddersfield. We've seen with Liverpool throughout the season, you know, they'll come away with three points in tough fixtures, but they'll come away with them after scoring. A goal, maybe two. Mm -hmm. So there's not going to be a huge points return. So I think it's now or never for Liverpool in terms of a differential and and worth you investing. I like I like your move. I mean, I think that I think it could really work out. Um, I was I was surprised that Salah lost. I I shouldn't be surprised at this point, but I was surprised. Wasn't he on for two or three bonus points? And I don't know. Just I guess it was probably two because he was on for two. He was on for two. It was the Mane jumping above him because of the game-winning goal uh, bump right, that right. Uh, moved yep. Salah completely out of contention. But yeah, it's a story right. as old as time, Salah on the BPS. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, one more Liverpool question, then let's take a quick break, Brandon. Uh, we, we, we'll do a lightning round of Game Week 35 questions. Um, FPL Frank says, three Liverpool, three City, three Spurs. Is that feasible for the run-in? Yeah, uh, I suppose it is three of uh, threeable. It's uh, so many threes, a tri- so many triptychs. Um, it does seem feasible. I mean, these are uh, by they're the, among the three best teams in the entire league. So why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Spurs losing Kane changes some of the FPL dynamics there. But um, I mean, you with Loris, you're you Josh are an a, a example, a guiding light that it can be done with Spurs defense. So that, <laughs> yep, that presents yep. a different option than just Spurs attackers. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, we'll see how the so we'll see how he does away to Man City. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I'm on six right now, and I would like to have nine. I mean, I plan to have three Liverpool at some point before the season's over. I um, I want to have – I'll have Mane no later than Game Week 36. I'd actually love to have him for Game Week 35. Um, and, I, you know, I have three City, two Spurs already. Would I want a third Spur? And that I'm not as sure about. I mean, who would you want, like, outside of yeah. – I guess you could go Erickson, Son, and yeah. one defender. Probably yeah. Lloris. Well, I guess the word of caution would be we're talking after the Huddersfield result and Huddersfield will flatter just about every team in the league. And Spurs haven't been known for the tightest defense and howler free goalkeeper all season. And who came away with all the points in that match? You know, somebody we haven't talked about in in so long, Lucas Mora. I would have some concerns about Erickson and how he's performed uh, previous to the season with Kane out of the team. Hungman Sun is the clear runaway favorite of the attacking mm-hmm. player that you want there. So I'd focus my effort on maybe a, an attacking defender and Sun, Erickson, somewhere in the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. And then after that, maybe you're looking at Lloris or a differential like Lucas Mora if it looks like he's going to hold his... Uh, starting spot yeah it's possible that Trippier has got his rest like that was the one time he was gonna get rested and he just plays it out throughout the rest of the season you know it's it's possible though I mean Pochettino just rotates his fullbacks too much for me to trust him yeah uh all right Brandon should we take a break let's do it I need I need a glass of water Josh I'm feeling dehydrated (laughs) all right Let's, let's 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 talk soon Okay, Josh, now is our favorite part of the podcast when we talk about our friends at Starting Eleven. It's the live Premier League fantasy app that you can play for free or cash prizes. Starting Mm -hmm. Eleven, the app. It's available Mm -hmm. for your iPhone or your Android device. We're talking a lot about wild cards. With Starting Eleven, every day in which there are two or more Premier League matches, it's a wild card. You can pick Mm -hmm. your best 11-man squad, but here's the thing, Josh. There are mm-hmm. no budget restrictions. That's right. You can have whoever you want, regardless Every of the cost. Every day is a wild card. <laughs> there I you go. You're in the closer. spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's a, nice. it's a great it's, song, Brandon. Whoever sings the song. A great Joe song Crow. just became a great live fantasy app. <laughs> Starting 11, it lets you make substitutions in your squad in real time, just like a real-life manager. Join thousands of players worldwide who are competing in English Premier League contests for cash and for pride, if cash mm-hmm. doesn't float your boat. On your mm-hmm. iOS, if you have an iPhone, Joshua, and I know you do, you're one of those mm-hmm. guys. You're you love you love Tim Cook. You're you're a you're a cookie. Is that I am. What they call it? Big, big time cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're on your iPhone there. You can play cash games live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany. And if you're on an Android phone, Josh, I know you love your Android device. Uh, I don't know of any anybody in the C-suite over there at uh, Google, but pretend mm-hmm. I do. If you're mm-hmm. on an Android, you can play cash games in the UK. Or listen, just pick up the Starting Eleven app and play for free wherever you are. You can challenge people uh, to compete, some friends of yours, people in the same pub, anyone who is mm-hmm. closer than a pitch length away from you, you can just geo-target them and play Starting Eleven with them. So visit starting11.io for more details or hit up the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to download the app. If you visit the website, you can get some great video tutorials, more content about how to get the most out of the app. As you're fond of saying, Josh, what is it? What's what's that thing you like to say? What I'm fond of saying, I say this to my, my wife and child all the time. 
constantly. I say it with the first, it's the first thing I say when I wake up in the morning, and it's the last thing I say before I put them to bed in the evening. Uh, I put my it's my like cider house rules. <laughs> yeah, I put them in separate beds. Um, I say uh, I say remember when it comes to starting eleven, don't waste your money gambling on things you don't understand. Be smart and participate in a game that you do. And then they both sort of nod sagely and uh, and fall asleep almost instantly. So it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's good advice will make you drowsy. I've always so, said that. It sounds slightly macabre, but uh, <laughs> but I do enjoy it. Starting eleven, download the app today. Have some fun, win some money. Brandon, we're back. We've got a lightning round. I've got a lot of questions here, so we're going to do this as a true lightning round, not one of these fake lightning rounds where we go on for any longer than 30 seconds. Mm, I've heard about uh, this them. one that's very, very short and to the point. Uh, it has to be. It simply has to be. Uh, all right. Jeff Petter says, is it mad? <laughs> Jeff Petter says, is it madness to consider dropping more now after his monster hall? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if Jeff had a plan because Lucas Mora felt like a bit of a punt coming into game week 34, but yeah. listen, Spurs, they have the double game week. It's not the craziest thing I heard. It's not like Pochettino has a ton of options there on the bench. And I mean, I keep coming back to yeah. this, this, um, idea that it was Huddersfield. It was at home. You don't want to read too much into it and mm-hmm. how much, will Pochettino put on that performance considering right. these things? So I don't know. It's it's also a bit of a watch and learn depending on how the uh, Champions League match sorts sorts itself out midweek. I, I wouldn't drop him. I mean, uh, more over two fixtures, he could do as well as Jota or Ward-Prowse or um, Delefeu if he plays. I mean, the Delefeu thing, uh, there's some people asking about that. Like, will he play as a false nine or something? Like, will he play? Like, is he going to play at all? Like, who knows? You know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like he's supposed to be healthy and trained and then he didn't make the 18. Like, what's going on with this guy? So, I mean, you know, I I wouldn't be like burn. You know, I certainly wouldn't like burn four to bring in him, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, not knowing what's going on. Um, So I would just I would just hold Mora, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Adam P says, should I stick with my original plan of bringing in money for Erickson or find a way to fit a Liverpool defender in? I says the midfield and forward options feel like a lottery. So would you bring in Mane for Erickson? Um, yeah, I think I like the Mane pick just for the attacking potential over the course of Cardiff and Huddersfield yeah. more so than the Liverpool defender. Of course, clean sheets, you know, some might say they're a lock for Cardiff and Huddersfield, but I think Mane, Mane for the double, and maybe then you go for the Liverpool defender going into game week 36. Yeah, I mean, Mane doesn't have a double, but yeah, yeah I right, think, right. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, um, yeah, I, I, in a vacuum, I'd make that move. Um, if I had other pro, I mean, for me, I, you know, my plan was always to go from Vardy to to Lacazette and now I'm suddenly realizing I just don't want to bench boost with two Brighton players. So my thinking now is I want to find a way to drop Dunker Duffy for somebody who's actually good. 
Um, and um, I mean, okay, Duffy's been fine this season. He's like, you know, scored, I think, five goals or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I feel like... You've just alienated 75% of our listenership, Jack. Way to go. <laughs> I don't know why. I, yeah. I don't know why I felt like I like hurt Duffy's feelings by saying that. Like, whatever. That team sucks, right? And yeah. and yep. I don't really want to have two of the players for two away fixtures in game week 35. And I feel like I maybe The problem is... I don't really know who the like ideal transfer is. Like maybe I could get from Duffy to Nacho Monreal. Like if I could do that, then sure. Maybe that's a move I would consider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you really have to like, this is like real, like, again, like not to be cliche here, but like, and I guess we have to do this for vital marketing, Brandon, but we're in the end game now. Right. So sure, every, yeah. contractually just, obligated, we're in the, uh, Iron Man presents end game. <laughs> So you can't just think to yourself, though, like, okay, I'm going to do this move and then I'm going to do this move. Or, or, I mean, you have to think to yourself, I'm going to do this move and this move. And you can't just be like, all right, I have 0.7 in the bank, so I'm going to move Duffy to Montreal. You have to think, all right, if I do that, does that stop me from doing something else? Like for me, if I just spent all the available cash that I had to move Duffy to Montreal, I wouldn't have that 0.4 in the bank that I still need to move De Bruyne to Mane without burning points and gave me 36. So it's very complicated, you know, this, this late in the season. Um, and so I'm really looking for a, like, you know, wh- what is Duffy right now? It's like four, seven, maybe he's four, eight. So I'd be looking for like a 5.1 million or cheaper player for the game week 35 double. Does anyone stand out to you? Is there any, like, you know, any, anyone seem like an obvious pick? A 5.1 player or cheaper five, five, one or cheaper, uh, for 35. Yeah, my man Ryan Bertrand for Southampton. I love the, yeah. the Newcastle Watford double up. Maybe you look at a Watford defender like Cathcart, Huddersfield, mm. Southampton, a, a great yeah. defensive double. I mean, you already have Foster. So do you want to yeah. move from a Brighton defensive double yeah. up to a Watford and I've already, one? And I've already got Bednarak too. So I've got I've got a Southampton oh, okay. players. The problem with Southampton is that they do play away in those two matches. You know, I don't really necessarily want to double up away for two, you know, so mm-hmm. I already have a Wolves defender, I, I, you know, I don't know. So it's, it's just a tricky one. I think, um, you know, you don't really want Man United because obviously they, they play, you know, City, one of those two matches. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. I guess, um, I guess I could go for a second Spurs player, but that would just be for the one leg of the Brighton match. Yeah. So I, maybe I just hold a transfer. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, or I just, or I just do what, um, what Adam P was just talking about. And I moved to Brenna to Mane before the Cardiff game. Um, you know, but do I really want to move a double game player before? I don't know. It's, it's really tricky. Um, Are you familiar with the phrase, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Is it any mm -hmm. coincidence that is the Brighton seagulls, uh, and you have the birds in the hand now. So (laughs) while, while we may feel quite burned on Brighton at the moment and, it's not a whole lot of reason for us to have faith in their defense. Mm-hmm. They have two fixtures, you know, to come away with, you know, two, three, four points. That's good mm-hmm. enough for me as uh, in, instead of looking to change or like, sort of waste a transfer, so to speak. Yeah. On a, on a crap defender. Yeah. I mean, maybe what I do is I just hold a transfer, which would be crazy. I mean, I don't think I've ever held a transfer going into a double game week before. Uh, but it would be a possibility. And then I guess what I would do would be I'd, I'd move Vardy and De Bruyne on a double move. And then I would have Robertson, Mane, Firmino as my three 
um, as my three players for Liverpool, which would be. Oh, uh, I've got some. I've got some bad news, Josh. Your thirty seconds are up for the lightning round. <laughs> right. Moving on to the next question: When Harry met Ali, now that I've tripled up on wolves, are they on the beach? So is when yeah. Harry met Ali late to the party here? What was even the original question that I went on for about seven <laughs> minutes to, <laughs> about my own team? Uh, yeah, our our wolves, our wolves on the beach. Um, I don't know. They look. That was not a great match. That was not yeah. an encouraging match. If you have, I have two wolves. I I almost had three. I dropped Jota right at the last minute. Um, yeah, they don't have a lot to play for, do they? Well, let's read this into that match. Is it was their first match, their first league match after coming off of that semifinal sort of gutting defeat after being mm-hmm. up by two goals against Watford. Emotionally draining, probably hard to get back into the competitive mindset. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way. So th- this could be one way to excuse that performance over the weekend. Mm-hmm. For me, I'd still feel pretty good about Wolves' attack. Uh, you could say this about any team that's on the beach. They're still sort of trying to play play a, play a, form into the summer and into next season. Yeah, and then in Southampton's credit, I mean, we're, st- we're still talking about them as a uh, – as a terrible, terrible team, and they have actually been pretty decent the last several game weeks, right? I mean, oh yeah, they've they have, been outstanding. You know, yeah, they've been outstanding. So it's it's probably a little unfair to to simply just say, oh, like they played Southampton and didn't do well, so they're on the beach, you know? Like they're like Southampton have been, especially on the you know Southampton at home in particular, have been pretty solid, you know? So um, you know they had that big win over Spurs. They um, held their own against Liverpool. Obviously, just beat Wolves. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I think it remains to be seen. And um, I still, I'm actually sort of, as we're going through this podcast, reconsidering the Jimenez captaincy. And I'm just starting to think maybe it's the, it's actually the safest of all the captain choices. New Patreon supporter Bruno Dutor asks I have Vardy on my team since, I've had Vardy on my team since game week 29, but I think that now is the time to drop him. What would you guys consider to be a top choice to replace him? I'm throwing mm-hmm. my hat in the ring for Roberto Firmino, even though he's got the single game week. I just love those two uh, game week 35 and 36 back-to-back fixtures against Cardiff and Huddersfield. Right. But, I mean, you're talking about Captain Lacazette this game week, so clearly Lacazette is a player you would consider there too, right? Yes. Uh, yes. I would also consider Lacazette. So if I get to choose two, then I choose this Yes. Yes. Are you Molly Bloom all of a sudden? What's going on here? <laughs> Come on. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think the, those are the two obvious candidates. I guess if you didn't have Jimenez, but it, it, feels, it feels like everyone's got Jimenez now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those are the two. I, I, but we're still firmly in the Laka over Abba camp, right? Yeah, I mean, Aubameyang, even though he scored a goal, I wouldn't classify that as a convincing performance against a 10-man Watford. Yeah, um, for sure. Didn't even get a bonus point. Yeah. Um, if Obama didn't play a minute this game, like in the Europa League, would you consider him? I mean, he'd be more compelling in that case, right? If he just didn't play a minute in the Europa League? Yeah. Yes, he would be. I mean, it's just so vexing. Emery... <laughs> Emery has really tripped me up at every turn this season. Yes. And uh, I mean, he uh, he's not mentioned enough in the same breath as Peptation. But yeah. I think next season we're going to be very scared of that Aren't Arsenal you, rotation. Are you surprised that Lacazette didn't come on in that match? I mean, doesn't that seem like the kind of match where Lacazette would really 
do well. I mean, I feel like he just beats up on teams like that. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, you I do guess think just, that that's the tactic yeah. where he, they're they're stretched really thin. They've been playing a man short. Watford has, and then yeah, you bring in a really active fox in the box Clinical type striker. Player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it that just and there there and the fact that Arsenal were only up by one goal at that point. You know, nothing was assured, and Watford were making the game of it late into the second half. It was it was strange. I was certain that that he would play. I, I just I was certain he would come on. It was it was. I, I thought Kolasnik might even come on. You know, it was just it was it was strange. Next question comes from Danny Bean. He says thoughts on Jordan Henderson goal and two assists in his last two games. Five point three million, captain the team going for the title and playing in a more advanced role. What do you think, B? I think that is an FPL honeypot right there. Uh, don't be <laughs> fooled. Don't be fooled. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, triple up like triple up on Liverpool. That's that's good. Do that. Uh but do it with their best players, not their like cheapy alternative. This is the we call this the Adam Lalana syndrome, you yeah. know. Yep. <laughs> it worked it worked for like two brief weeks where Adam mm-hmm. Lalana was the cheap of four possible explosive Liverpool attacking assets. But yep. over the course of the season, you see that, you know, the best assets are the best assets uh, and even if you're looking for some sort of marginal placeholder, yeah, you don't want to look to Liverpool where, you, as you say, Josh, you want to triple up on the best possible Liverpool players. And I think there are other options I was at just 5.3 looking, that, that uh, yeah, would be more helpful. I was, just, I was just looking at Liverpool's team, like their, like the prices for some of their players. And Lallana is, you know, 6.9 million. He's way overpriced. Uh, but then I also I just looked at Curtis Jones out of curiosity. Have you seen the photo for Curtis Jones on the FPL website? No, I have Can not. Can you pull it up real quick there, Brandon? Please do. Uh, I, okay. You, All right. You gotta I, see I'm, this. He looks like Hammerhead from the from the Dick <laughs> Tracy uh, movie. He's got this like little pencil thin mustache and this weird like misshapen flat top afro. It's like yeah, it's and a he's weird he's look. he's like leaning forward in the picture as well. Like hey hey come here. I want to tell you something. I, I played. I played zero minutes this season. That's what I want to tell you. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, Alex says, uh, "What does uh, Lacazette being benched for Aubameyang mean? Um, I mean, for the double game week? Uh, I guess we talked about this a fair amount already. It means uh, I'm I, having a goddamn cursed season. That's what it means. Yeah, I mean, you're having an excellent season, but but weird weird like weird arsenal problems all year right it's like yeah st- starting when you had mesut ozil right, right? didn't you have mesut <laughs> yeah. ozil like the first three weeks of the season yeah, yeah. he was my yeah. big differential to open up the season and and you know by by great luck was i able to overcome that decision but mm-hmm. yeah i i think what it means we were talking about this a bit last a bit last week is that emery's strength is that he's very tactically flexible and he's able to you know bend his squad to his will but what that doesn't help is the fpl manager so what it means is you're just at emory's mercy alex yeah i mean he is like probably like kind of crazily underrated right i mean to have this like kind of funky arsenal team that like Mm -hmm. is both too young and too old at the same time, like to have them in fourth place overall, like above Chelsea, Manchester United with a game in hand on Chelsea and kind of nobody talks about it or like gives somebody credit or like, and just rolling through a European competition at the same time. So up up two nil on Napoli. And it's like, 
How often do you like hear anybody sitting around talking about a great job he's doing? You know, it's if he's yeah. Talking, most people he's, just enjoy talking about his uh, crazy teeth. So <laughs> shark teeth, yeah. So it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, congrats to him. I mean, Arsenal sort of quietly won. You know, ten of their last ten points from the last fifteen, and um, I mean, they're almost certainly going to earn a Champions League spot, right? I mean, I, I would favor them over over Chelsea, Man United, given their fixtures to end the yeah. season. Yeah, it's looking pretty good for them. I agree. All right, next question comes from TRPLR. Uh, it comes from the Slack. He says, what are your thoughts on Bournemouth's remaining fixtures after Fulham? I'm asking because Deeney, uh, because Wilson seems like a good Deeney replacement. Yeah, I think they're upcoming fixtures. So Fulham 35, Southampton away 36, then their home Spurs 37, followed by Crystal Palace away game week 38. Mm-hmm. Decent fixtures. The issue is Bournemouth's form is is so wild. I, I I'm I don't think I'm well. I can tell you for a fact, almost for a fact. I'm I'm guessing I won't have a Bournemouth player for the rest of the season. I don't like it. Well, if I had Deeney, I would absolutely consider Callum Wilson and and probably um, recommend it. Um, but uh, yeah, outside of that, I, I kind of agree. I don't know that I will either, but. I don't hate it. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like there's there's alternatives. Even, I think like a lot of the Southampton players are good Bournemouth alternatives too. So, uh, yeah, let's let's move on from Bournemouth. We've talked about them enough this season. Uh, two more questions. Brandon Crutch says, uh, we've just wildcarded, but is it too late in the season now for point hits to pay off? Uh, they need now to bang pretty much immediately. Um, well, I, I mean, going to double game week, I think a point hit can make more sense, right? Especially yeah. if you didn't, uh, you know, wildcard. I uh, really uh, well, it was well articulated by me. I can't even well articulate the phrase well articulate. Um, I said as much earlier on, Josh, that going into a big double game week, that is the time to burn points. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're it's like buying a vowel and wheel of fortune, you know, for a small price, you get to uh, advance further in the wheel of fortune puzzle. So why not take it as your opportunity? I think the double game week is the time. So if you're planning on burning points, if you're planning on putting other plans into motion for the rest of the season, I think the double game week is also a good time to do it. So, uh, I mean, maybe the only other time I would consider a minus four might be going into game week 38 if you had a few fires to put out and you just wanted to actually have yeah. some fun for the yeah. last game week. Or you just or you need to make a big gamble. I mean, yeah. I, I think uh-huh. that um, it's actually something I want to talk about at the top of the podcast. We started to talk about it a little bit, but I, I think every, like almost everyone is too conservative in how they play it. You know, I mean, I I don't mean necessarily with burning points, but I just mean with like the approach and like the sort of – like the range of options that people consider. I think people are a little too narrow sometimes in how they, um, you know, what they like, what, what is like a viable move to them? You know, I think that like, and this, I think where is where podcasts and websites uh, and chat, whatever can like sort of narrow, it narrows things down too much, you know? Um, And then you suddenly, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I mean, I put out there that I was thinking about burning four to drop uh, Felipe Anderson and, um, and Higawain, um, to bring in Vardy and Madison. And basically everyone was like, don't do that. You know, or like, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, well, I think it's a good idea. I'm just going to do it, you know? And, um, like, <laughs> this is how every you. horror film ends. Everyone's <laughs> like, do don't, don't go, go in, in there. there. Yeah. I mean, so sometimes it does work, you know, and you have to trust yourself a little bit. And like, if, if even if no one's talking about the move, I think that it's, you know, especially this late in the season, I think early on in the season, it makes a lot of sense to sort of follow the, 
the the sort of the main talking points and the suggested logic. But I think once you get down to these last few game weeks, I mean, there, there's just a massive benefit in just trying to be different, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to and trying to make a captain that no one else has, you know. I mean, you know, obviously this 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 assumes that you're not like you know, eight points away from top of your mini league table or something. But if it's just like a normal situation where you're maybe 35 points back or something, then sure. I think it's, you know, worthwhile. It's your time. All right. Last question, Josh, in the lightning round, let's make it a quick Mm -hmm. one. Dave C wants to know currently two defenders have more points than any forward. Is that unusual? So for this season, if you're looking at the uh, overall FPL points total, I'm just pulling it up right now. You're mm-hmm. looking at Andy Robertson and Virgil van Dyke are way high up in the points tallies. Um, uh, let's see. Nine points. Virgil van Dyke is above Sergio Aguero. Hmm. I mean, I don't have the uh, historical data. <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, I think normally in, in most seasons you have one forward or midfielder who is kind of like the story of the season. You know, like last year it was Mo Salah. I feel like the season, maybe the two seasons before that, it was Harry Kane. Uh, before like Alexis you had Sanchez. The, yeah, yeah, Alexis Sanchez. That's that's right. And you know, you had the uh, the famous SAS with Sterling Aguero, Suarez a couple of years before. Uh, Robin Van Persie in the in the you know the first years that you and I were playing was mm-hmm. really dominant. And Arsenal and then Man United. So. The story is not usually about defenders, but um, yeah. well, and you know, if the story so, yeah. is about defenders, it's a Leighton Baines esque story or a Marcus Alonso story where they're goal scoring defenders right. or, or free kick penalty taking yeah. defenders. So that's what makes Robertson, Robertson and TAA in particular, they're just mercilessly putting yeah, the totally. assists into the box. And Eight, Virgil, yeah. Virgil, yeah, Virgil van Dyke probably going to be player of the season in the league well and in robertson i mean robertson has 18 clean sheets in 34 matches along with 10 assists mm-hmm. i mean 10 assists and 18 clean sheets that is an insane total uh 27 bonus points in the season too so i think i think the story is really just that liverpool's defense is really really good and not so much that um that we're thinking about the game in the wrong way or something so right right all right, Brendan, that's the pod. Uh, we got Game Week 35 coming up. I feel like we talked about it a lot already. Any any final points on this Game Week that you want to discuss? Uh, yeah. If you thought Game Week 34 was mentally challenging, just brace yourself because Game Week 35 yeah. is going to melt all of our faces off. Totally. This season's like a family reunion that's gone in like two days too long, right? It's like everyone's just like their nerves are frayed. Like we all uh-huh. need like a break from each other. We really, <laughs> we really do. I mean, there, there are going to be some interesting matches. I mean, the third face-off between City Spurs, that Everton-Manchester United match should be pretty interesting on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got the Manchester Derby to finish out an yeah. epic game week. So there are going to be highs and lows. Just prepare yeah, yourself I'm, for I'm that. I'm sort of narrowed in on one particular match that I think is kind of the story of, of Game Week 35, uh, and that's Chelsea Burnley uh, on Monday. And I think that is really the pivot point on which the whole season spins. I think I'm sure you agree. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, so many, so many friends, and much like the first episode of Game of Thrones on Sunday, so many characters are going to be reunited in this match. You know, Chris sure, Wood sure. and William, they haven't seen each other since 
you know, yeah, early on uh, in the season when Burnley and Chelsea that, you first know, played o- each Oscar's other. Oscar is actually going to come back from China for this match. So that, that's very <laughs> exciting, too. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brad. I think we've gone on long enough. Uh, let's sign off here. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast I mentioned before, uh, we'll be, Brandon will be doing the Kitchen Table podcast this game week, although you can also listen back, listen back to any of our previous podcasts and interviews. We've got all kinds of stuff with lots of different people stretching back years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you'd like to do that, just become, uh, become a Patreon supporter. Go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Um, I want to thank our producers, uh, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Street, Carl Rasmus, Lenny Granley, Chris Howell, Rafael Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne. Sorry about your tigers, Jim Payne. Uh, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Angerson, Chris Carter, DeBig Gaffer, Danny Evans, Babas Kuhn, Hoosby, I Hardly Knew Ye, Ben Grant, James Holland, Matt Ritter, Oyvind Anderson, and Kajatan. Thank you to all of you. And don't forget, subscribe to the Always Cheating Pod if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, wherever fine podcasts are available. And if you don't feel like becoming a Patreon supporter, another great way to support the pod is just give us a five-star review on whatever platform that you use. Also, give us a follow on social media. At Hell Cheaters is where we are on Twitter. Instagram, at Hell Cheaters. Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Send us an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And for all this information and more, you can visit our website, alwayscheating.com. And as we said at the top of the pod, we are finalists at the uh, Football Blogging Awards for Best Fantasy Football Content Creator. Check our pinned tweet, at hailcheaters, or check the show notes here on how you can vote for us and help us become worldwide podcasting celebrities. That's right. If we win this thing, we will never bother you again about it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the reason to vote for us right there. All right. So thank you to everybody. Uh, for Brandon Kelly, I've been Josh Landon. Thank you very much. And thank you, Poku. Always. Always in our hearts. And Bacani, too. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.